ಯಶೋದಾನಂದನಾ ಜಯ ವ್ರಜಜನಾರಂಜನ ಜಯ ಯಶೋದಾನಂದನ ಜಯ ವ್ರಜಜನಾರಂಜನ ಯಮುನಾತಿರವನಚಾರಿ ಜಯ ಕುಂಜಬಿಹಾರಿ ಜಯ ಯಮುನಾತಿರವನ ಚಾರಿ ಜಯ ಕುಂಜ ವಿಹಾರಿ ಜಯ ರಾಧಾಮಾಧವ ಜಯ ಕುಂಜ ಬಿಹಾರಿ ಜಯ ರಾಧಾಮಾಧವ ಜಯ ಕುಂಜ ಬಿಹಾರಿ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ ರಾಮ ರಾಮ
Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 ृंदकी ृंदकीमंदे All glories to assembled devotees all glories to assembled devotees all glories to assembled devotees all glories to shri guru and goranga all glories to shila prabhupad ki jai om namo bhagavate vasudevaya नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया 
ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय वी आर रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो सेवन चैप्टर थर्टीन एंटाइटल्ड द बिहेवियर ऑफ ए परफेक्ट पर्सन वर्स नंबर फिफ्टीन एंड ऑनवर्ड्स तम नाभ्यर्थ्य विधिवत् पाद शिस्पृशन पाद शिस्पृशन विवत्सुर्दाक्षन महाभागवतो महाभागवतोसुरा तम नाभ्यर्च पाद शिस्पृशन विवत्सुर्दाक्षन महाभागवतोसुर तम नाभ्यर्च्य विधिवत् पाद शिस्पृशन विवत्सुर्दाक्षन महाभागवतोसुर तम नाभ्यर्चिवल पाद शिस्पृशन विवत्सुर्दाक्षन महाभागवतोसुर तम नाभ्यर्च्य विधिवल पाद शिस्पृशन विवत्सुर्दाक्षन महाभागवतोसुर तम नाभ्यर्च्य विधिवत् पाद शिस्पृशन विवत्सुर्दाक्षन महाभागवतोसुर तन्नत्वाभ्यर्च्य विधिवत् पाद शिस्पृशन विवत्सुर्दाक्षन भगवतोसुर तन्नत्वाभ्यर्च्य विधिवत् पाद शिस्पृशन विवत्सुर्दाक्षन महाभागवतोसुर वर्ड टू वर्ड ट्रांसलेशन रेस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी प्लीज तम हिम द सेंटली पर्सन न्वा 
after offering obeisances unto abhyarchya and worshipping vidhivat in terms of the rules and regulations of etiquette padayoh the lotus feet of the saintly person shirasa with the head expression touching vivit suhu desiring to know about him the saintly person idam the following words aprakshit inquired mahabhagavatah the very advanced devotee of the lord asuraha although born in in an asura family the advanced devotee prahlad maharaj duly worshiped and offered obeisances to the saintly person who had adopted a python's means of livelihood after thus worshiping the saintly person and touching his own head to the saint's lotus feet prahlad maharaj in order to understand him inquired very submissively as follows verse 16 and 17 viparshikayam pivanam sadhyamo bhagavan yatha vittam chaivodyan mavatam bhogo vit vittavatamih bhoginam khalu dehoyam piva bhavadi nanyatha translation seeing the saintly person to be quite fat prahlad maharaj said my dear sir you undergo no endeavor to earn your livelihood but you have a stout body exactly like that of a materialistic enjoyer i know that if one is very rich and has nothing to do he becomes extremely fat by eating and sleeping and performing no work purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Srila Prabhupada Ki Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur did not like his disciples to become very fat in the course of time. He would become very anxious upon seeing his fat disciples becoming bhogis or enjoyers of the senses. This attitude is herewith confirmed by Prahlad Maharaj who was surprised to see a saintly person adopting ajagaravrti and becoming very fat in the material world also we generally see that when a man who is poor and skinny gradually endeavors to earn money through business or some other means and he then gets the money he enjoys the senses to his satisfaction by enjoying the senses one becomes fat therefore in spiritual advancement becoming fat is not at all satisfactory we'll read the next next verse as well they are also a bit connected in terms of the purport natesayanasya niruddhyamasya brahmanuhartho yadeva bhoga abhoginoyam tava vipradeha 
brahmana fully in knowledge of transcendence you have nothing to do and therefore you are lying down it is also understood that you have no money for sense enjoyment how then has your body become so fat under the circumstances if you do not consider my question impudent kindly explain how this has happened purport generally those engaged in spiritual advancements take food only once okay either in the afternoon or in the evening if one takes food only once naturally he does not become fat the learned sage however has quite fat and therefore prarth maharaj was very much surprised because of being experienced in self realization a transcendentalist certainly becomes bright faced and one who is advanced in self realization must be considered to possess the body of a brahmana because the bright faced saintly person was lying down and not working and yet was quite fat prahlad maharaj was puzzled and wanted to question him about this om ajnanatimranthasya jnananjana shalakaya chakshurun militam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha shri chaitanya mano bhishtam sthapitam yena bhutale swayam rupakadamahyam dadati sapadantikam vandeham shri guru shri yuta padagamalam shri gurun vaishnavamscha shri rupam sagrajatam sahagana raghunadhanyutam tam sajivam sadvaitam savadhutam parijana sahitam krishna chaitanya devam ಶ್ರೀರಾಧಾಕೃಷ್ಣಪಾದಾನ್ ಸಹಗಣಲಿತಾ ಶ್ರೀ ವಿಶಾಖಾನ್ವಿತಾಂಶ್ಚೇಕೃಷ್ಣಕರುಣಾಸಿಂಧೋ ದೀನಬಂಧೋ ಜಗತ್ಪತೆ ಗೋಪೇಶ ಗೋಪಿಕಾಕಾಂತ ರಾಧಾಕಾಂತ ನಮೋಸ್ತುತೆ ತಪ್ತಕಾಂಜನ ಗೌರಾಂಗೀ ರಾಧೇ ವೃಂದಾವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ವೃಷಭಾನುಸುತೆ ದೇವೀ ಪ್ರಣಮಿ ಹರಿಪ್ರಿಯ ವಾಂಛಗಲ್ಪದೂಭ್ಯ ಕೃಪಾ ಸಿಂಧೂಭ್ಯೇವಿತಾವನೆಭ್ಯೋ ವೈಷ್ಣವೇಭ್ಯೋ ನಮೋ ನಮಃ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭುನಿತ್ಯನಂದ ಶ್ರೀ ಅದ್ವೈತಗದಾಧ್ರೀವಾಸಾದಿಗೋರ್ಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ ಭೂತೈರ್ಮಹಾತ್ಭರ್ ಯೈ ಮಾ ಪುರೋ ವಿಭೋ ನಿರ್ಮಾಯೇತೆಯ ತಮೂಷ ಪುರುಷ ಭುಂಕ್ತೆ ಗುಣಾನ್ ಷೋಡಶ ಷೋಡಶಾತ್ಮಕ ಸೋಲಂಕೃಷೀಷ್ಠ ಭಗವಾನ್ ವಚಾಂಸಿ ಮೇ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ದಿಸ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಇಸ್ describing the characteristics of a perfected person in the order of renounced life in the sanyas ashram so there have been many verses describing the qualities and activities of a sanyasi 
in the perfected stage of life, the fourth stage of life. Having described the qualities and characteristics of a sannyasi, here Naradubani is going to explain to Yudhishthir Maharaj an example of a saintly person in the renounced order of life. So here Naradamuni cites a pastime wherein Prahlad Maharaj is traveling and his travel is very unique. It is not an ordinary travel. We already heard about sense gratification in this purports. So currently and all the time travel has been very prominent in the society. Previously it was difficult to travel. It was a very difficult process travel in itself. Walking long distance and if you want to go across the countries you had to go by the boat and there are so many uncertainties. However, in the modern days travel has become relatively easier and it's a big thing in people's life, just travel. Especially when we speak to locals here, travel is such a big thing. We want to just travel. Travel equal to enjoyment, isn't it? Travel equal to sense gratification. So we know as a young man or a woman is growing up, you know, maybe an end of the teens or, you know, just one wants to travel. Now I want to take a break here, I want to travel. Famous destinations are there. You want to go to Europe, want to go to, uh, you know, Southeast Asia, want to go to South America, want to travel. So travel has become such a prominent thing. And this wasn't the case in India, even many years back, but now it has become very popular. Package travel, isn't it? It has been very much advertised. You can go overseas. Why spend vacation in India? Previously it was going to some hill station, go here or there. No, go overseas. I know, even some of my relatives, they said, okay, now we are going on a travel. Travel, one month travel in Europe. And it, the interesting thing is, most of the travelers, which age group do they belong to? A lot of travelers are retired people. We can see here, flight loads of Chinese people coming, Japanese people coming. Have you seen them? You go to Swanson Street, sometimes you can see, you know, lots of them coming along. Hmm? And they just want to see the places, they want to enjoy. So there are special tours for them. Hmm? Similarly, India also now it is very popular. Even after retirement, if you have well to do, after retirement, go see the places. Hmm? And what is the, what do they do? Explore. What first, what everyone wants to explore? Explore the eyes, correct? And see so many different things. Then explore the food. Different delicacies. Maybe abominable, but we want to try out everything. The reality is that we have traveled enough. Is it true? We have traveled enough. Where have we traveled? We have traveled in all species of life. Practically, we have gone through so many species of life and we have gone through all the continents, isn't it? The traveling is not such a big thing. We make a big deal out of it, but people think travel means we are learning a lot of things. We are experiencing by 
learning, we are experiencing a lot of things, we are learning, wisdom. But where is the learning, where is the wisdom? After travel, what's next? Come back, pocket is empty, and then work hard. Go through the same lifestyle. There is nothing, nothing has been learned, nothing is there to learn. Because just by traveling, one can learn nothing. Isn't it true? What can one learn just by traveling? The real learning is by the association of the devotees, by wisdom, we have scriptures, by that we can learn. Just by travel one cannot learn anything, okay? If, if you consider the travel in the ancient times, that was Tirthayatra, that is a different thing. Now also there is religious tourism. That's a big thing. In India, if you go to Vrindavan also, I was in Vrindavan, groups of people are coming and there is one person with the headphone explaining a few things and the big, a big group, they have their own badge to identify we belong to this group, going from one temple to other temple. It is religious tourism. It's not as bad. But still, it's not up to the mark. It's not up to the mark of Srimad Bhagavatam. Isn't it? What Bhagavatam says? Yasyasti, what is it? Yasyatma buddhir kunapetra thaduke sudhir kalatradishu bhauma ijahi First, who speaks this? It's from the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Krishna himself speaks. Yasyatma buddhi kunapetra thaduke If somebody thinks that I am the body, this is the first ignorance. Esyatma buddhi kunape tridhatuke. Made of material elements. Three modes of material nature. I am the body, that is the first ignorance. Then, swadhi kalatradishu bhauma ijahi. Then consider who are extended to me, my family. They are mine. That is the next. Then, bhauma ijahi. Wherever I took birth, that is the place of worship. Yes? Can we see that? We can, state-wise we can see that, right? <laughs> Wherever we are born, we can see, oh, no, this is the best place. This is the best country. Uh, patriotism is based on this, isn't it? Bhauma ijyahi. Bhauma ijyahi. Then, yathirtha buddhir salilena karhichit. Next one is, yathirtha buddhi. What, if you go to a tirtha, Tirthayatra is very prominent. If you go to Tirtha and they think that taking bath in the holy river is the sum and substance of the travel. Just go, maybe take darshan, maybe take a dip in the holy river and that is the end of it. Krishna is not accepting this. Janeshu Abhijneshu Saeva Goghara. Very heavy statement. Saeva Goghara. If one's consciousness is, I am the body, and all my relatives, they are mine. And the place of birth is the place of worship. And if you go to the holy place, the purpose of going to the holy place is to take dip in the holy river. That, is, that kind of consciousness is considered the consciousness of a go or a ghara. The consciousness of a, of a cow or an ass. Who says? Krishna speaks. It's pretty heavy, isn't it? So, religious tourism, what is that? Just visit places and take dip. But there is no learning again because Prabhupada explains going to the holy place, the purpose is to hear from the saintly people. So even when we go through Srimad Bhagavatam, we can read the travel of Vidura, third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. First canto, we can see how Vidura left and third canto, we can hear about travel of 
Vidura. And Vidura is meeting with saintly person, inquiring and hearing about the absolute truth. From Uddhava, he hears about the Krishna's pastimes inside and outside of Vrindavan. From Maitreya, he starts hearing, starting from the creation. So many detailed knowledge that he is hearing. So this is the real purpose of travel. Not just simply going to the holy places. One has to be enlivened in devotion service. Now, devotees, when many devotees went to India, his soul in the Athana Maharaj did big yatra. So many devotees went and heard from Maharaj. I think now recently, I think Vedavya Supreme Maharaj is doing yatra, isn't it? So, there are lectures where we can hear about Krishna. So, this is the purpose. So, this is not just simply religious tourism, but one is enlivened hearing about Krishna. So the purpose of going to Dham is to hear. Hear and chant about Krishna. So one has to be very careful when we go to the Dham. The purpose has to be very clear. That's the reason it is advised. Don't go and stay in the Dham for a very long time. Why? What happens? Whatever consciousness we have, that consciousness will come back. For most of the people. I remember speaking to a devotee who is fully engaged in Dham, he was sharing his realization. He was telling, Radha Prabhu, he was telling, he said, I am so absorbed in the service, so there is no time to think about anything else. Fully absorbed in the TOVP project. <laughs> that is a great dedication, you know, giving up the job here, going there and fully immersed in service. That will work. Full immersion in service will work in the Dham as well as here. Not only in the Dham, here also it will work. But otherwise it's a problem. And especially it is a problem in the Dham. What happens? The consciousness will revert. It will come back to what it was originally. So all the thoughts of sense gratification comes now where? In the Dham. So one has to be very careful. One has to have service. Otherwise, if you want to go and do sadhana, either one has to be qualified to be completely engaged in sadhana or one need to have sufficient service so that one is fully engaged. Otherwise, it will not work. So, this is the point. So, here, devotees are very careful going to the dham. And also, another interesting thing. If you go to the dham, we think, yes, we will make advancement, which is true, if you do it the right way. We have to associate with the right people. Even saintly people, we have to be quite careful who we are associating with. I'll tell you one incident. Last year, I went to Vrindavan and uh, we, we were uh, doing Parikrama and one day uh, Dinabandhu Prabhu's servant called me. Prabhu is going to just nearby place, near our temple. It's a very beautiful place, just five minutes walk, but there are so many uh, Tamal trees, there are so many Kadamba trees. You don't feel like near that, uh, you know, Bhaktivedanta Mark, there are no traffic. It's just five minutes walk, but you are there. And you feel really you are in Vrindavan in the forest. I said, oh, really good. So let's go. So I just walked. I was staying close to the temple. I walked. And we went there. And it was a very beautiful place. Just not even five minutes. It's a private property. So we cannot just go. But Prabhu can go. Because Dinabandha Prabhu, he is going there for so many, so many years. So, so many decades. So we went there. And we were just chanting and walking. And Prabhu, wherever we go, Prabhu will explain all the trees. Okay, here is a Tamal tree, this is a Kadamba tree, they are together. He will explain the whole pastimes. I'm just walking in that private property, the big property. And then in the middle, there is a big lecture hall. So a devotee was giving lecture. 
So Prabhu said, he is actually the real one. He, he speaks, he is the real one. So we can go and hear. So we went there, all of us, we went, just sat there, and they were very respectful. Not so many devotees, maybe 60, 70 devotees, a big hall, 60, 70 devotees, you know. So the speaker, not really ISKCON, belongs to ISKCON. So we sat there because we wanted to take darshan. So meanwhile, we just sat there and we started listening. It was a very good lecture, you know, based on Chaitanya Charitamrita, you were speaking. And so we got out. Then the devotee who was assisting asked me, shall we come daily and shall we listen from this personality? So it clicked me. I told, no, we shouldn't do this. We had to be very careful where we are taking shiksha from or the instructions from. I told, no, we cannot do that. We have to hear from Srila Prabhupada and Srila Prabhupada's followers. So taking shiksha within ISKCON is very important. It's not that something else is wrong or anything of that sort. We had to be very careful how we are getting cultivated in our Krishna consciousness. We, are, we have to carry the mood of Srila Prabhupada and Srila Prabhupada's followers. So we are not an open, we can hear anything about Krishna from anyone. No, because we are very specific. Because there are different moods in worshipping the Supreme Lord. And all these moods can be bona fide, we are not against anything. But in, for us to be safe, we had to be very careful. First, we should hear from the bona fide sampradayas. <laughs> that is the first check. Devotees have to be very careful, but when, when we are in Vrindavan, that's not the case. Even among ISKCON devotees, there are so many famous Babas. They may be speaking about Krishna, but first we had to identify, do they belong to the four sampradayas? If not, first, we, this is strict, no, why, why do we have to listen then? Then even if they belong to four sampradayas, do we really have to listen from them? We have to take shiksha coming from Srila Prabhupada. Have we thoroughly even studied Srila Prabhupada's books? We had to ask ourselves. Prabhupada has given everything. Gorgovinda Maharaj, His Holiness Gorgovinda Maharaj, he, he makes a very important statement. He says he feels very sad when devotees say that Prabhupada hasn't given everything. And even during that time, devotees were going here and there to get advanced knowledge, so-called advanced knowledge. You know, more than what is given. Why? Devotees haven't read Prabhupada's books. Read Srimad Bhagavatam, read Chaitanya Charitamrita. If you can understand Chaitanya Charitamrita, <laughs> even the Adilila, okay, it's a big deal, isn't it? It is so deep. Read the fourth chapter of Adilila, even the later chapters. It is explaining everything about Rasa. The problem is we cannot understand. Can we understand Necro Devotion? In the Bhakti Shastri course, only 19 chapters are recommended. It's so much details are given. So everything is there. So this is very important. So as devotees, we had to be very careful where we are taking Shiksha from. And since we are followers of Srila Prabhupada, we had to be very mindful where we are taking Shiksha from. So that is the purpose of going to Dham, listening from saintly devotees. Very important. Now, here, Prahlad Maharaj is traveling with a different mission altogether. It's a, it's a completely different mission. What is his mission? He wants to scientifically study 
the characteristics and symptoms of pure devotees, of saintly devotees. Can you imagine? So this is the travel purpose of Prahlad Maharaj. He, he is a pure devotee. Who is, think about Prahlad Maharaj. Who is Prahlad Maharaj? Prahlad Maharaj is a pure devotee. He has perfected his life and he has demonstrated his absorption in Krishna. He was being tried to be killed in so many different ways, isn't it? How? Bit by snakes? Thrown off a cliff? Flames? Put him in the water, try to drown? Under the feet of an elephant? Demons, okay. <laughs> they, were, they were surrounded by demons. <laughs> Asura Kula. Yeah. So, so, this is what happened. And then, he went through all this. Did he ever deviate his thought from Krishna? No. He was always absorbed in Krishna. Smaranam, completely in Smaranam. And the Lord personally appeared to protect him. He saw the Lord personally. The Lord put him on his lap. Such intimate association with the Lord. So, he's a pure devotee, isn't it? But still, what he wants to study? He wants to study the characteristics of saintly devotees. How amazing is it? Isn't it? If we can do that, it is so good. Life will be better for us. We are associating with saintly devotees. We are so many saintly devotees. If we have tendency to criticize devotees, Get into the mood of Sri Prahlad Maharaj. Try to see good qualities in devotees. How devotees are doing service better than us. How devotees are doing better sadhana than us. How devotees are chanting better. How devotees are reading. Can you see? We can get inspiration from devotees. That's why it is mentioned this Bhagavatam class or Krishna Conscious Temple and Krishna Conscious Association is just like a classroom where students are from grade 1 neophyte to PhD. Everyone is in one classroom. So don't think that uh, you know old advanced devotees are not there. Everyone is there in the classroom. Everyone will walk just like normal people. But everyone is there. So it is a bona fide process for us to study the symptoms of advanced devotees or any saintly devotee. See how such and such devotee is acting, how such and such devotee is responding to such a situation. Rather than finding the fault, we can find good qualities in devotees. That will enliven us. That's why it is good to glorify devotees. It is mentioned, the glorification of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is not complete without glorification of His devotees. That's the reason uh, Rupa Goswami, uh, he wrote Laku Bhagavata Amrita. Anyone read Laku Bhagavata Amrita? No, it's a very good book to read after reading all Prabhupada's books, you know, sufficiently. Then you can read Brahat Bhagavata Amrita by Sanatan Goswami. After reading Brahat Bhagavata Amrita by Sanatan Goswami, one can read Laku Bhagavata Amrita by Rupa Goswami. Laku Bhagavata Amrita is the science of avatars. All the avatars given in Srimad Bhagavatam, they have been classified and given the characteristics. Everything is explained about different avatars of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, the Rupa Goswami writes, the first part, of which is the majority of the part, is the description of avatars and classification of different avatars. Uh, 
Because we know in the first canto only 22nd, 22 avatars are given. Then so many yuga avatars, manyantara avatars, rila avatars, so many things are given in Srimad Bhagavatam. But everything is systematically analyzed by Srila Rupa Goswami. After that, Rupa Goswami starts the next section of the book. Hmm? That is about devotees. So, Rupa Goswami says, this description of avatar and the glorification of avatar are not complete without glorification of the devotees. So here, Prahlad Maharaj is indeed glorifying this personality who is performing Ajagara Vritti. Ajagara means Python. Ajagara. Ajagara means just like the Python or the characteristics of the Python. So that's Ajagara Vritti. So he's the Python man. He's a pure devotee. And where is he lying down? On the bank of Kaveri, South India. Hmm? He's traveling. <laughs> so he's seeing, you know, this devotee who is lying down. And what is his symptom? His symptom is very interesting. Hmm? He hasn't seen such kind of symptom. He's very fat and just lying down. Hmm? Interestingly enough, it's not Prahlad Maharaj. Who is the guru of Sri Prahlad Maharaj? Naradamani. He also went on a travel before. Do you know his travel? He wanted to find... Exactly, that's right, full marks. <laughs> best devotee, who is the best devotee? Not in, on the earth planet. He, had, he has access to all the lokas within one universe. In one Brahmanda, he can go to all the lokas. And he can go beyond one loka. He can go to the spiritual world. This is the power of Naradamani. He can travel anywhere. So Naradamani wanted to find the best devotee. So he traveled everywhere. And he came to conclusion. Okay, that is the first section of Brahad Bhagavatamrita. That is the first section of Brahad Bhagavatamrita. Now, Naradamani is not quoting his story, interestingly enough. <laughs> he is quoting the story of Prahlad, this disciple. In the Naradamani story also, at one point, Lord Shiva says, Prahlad is even greater. So, he wanted to see Prahlad. He went to Prahlad, his disciple. And he goes, when, when the Prahlad Maharaj is trying to do the puja, to wash the feet of Naradamani, and Naradamani is in complete ecstasy, starts glorifying Prahlad Maharaj's own disciple. Hmm? So there's a, then here, Naradamani, we can see he's in ecstasy, he is glorifying his own disciple Prahlad and his journey to find the perfected person. And now, here, Prahlad Maharaj is with this... Uh, person who is performing Ajagravarti and he is very fat. So here, Prabhupada explains that Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj didn't want his disciples to be too fatty. He was very careful. <laughs> Prabhupada in his lectures also explains, you know, he used to criticize one who is very fatty. Why are you putting on so much weight? How much are you eating? So Prabhupada explains, the standard is mentioned in the purport. What is that? If you eat one time, one is a Yogi. Two times means bhogi. Thrice means rogi. <laughs> rogi means deceased. First time is yogi. You know yogi. Second, bhogi means enjoyer. Third time rogi. One can get sick. Of course, we had to apply this practically. If everyone stop eating and only eat once, I don't know how long we are going to go. So one has to apply. Practically, one has to eat enough. One has to eat sufficiently. But don't take the, you know, Kartik vow like only Mahaprasadam. 
I know one devotee took a vow, staying in the ashram. What was the vow? Karthik time, only Mahaprasadam. What will happen? You know, after one month, something will happen to the digestion, right? So one has to be very practical, one has to be very careful. And the other extreme is, there is another extreme also. One is only Mahaprasadam, that is one extreme. Another extreme is, so strict, only one-time fruits during the whole month of Karthik and when it comes to Bhishma Panchaka, hardly eating anything. Hmm? So one has to be careful what is one can, one's capacity. One shouldn't do whimsically these kind of things. Hmm? I heard the story of a Brahmachari in Mayapur. He followed so strictly, hardly eating anything. After one month, he couldn't digest anything. Then he had to go for four-month Ayurveda treatment <laughs> to get some digestion back. Can you see? So one has to be very careful. So our process is devotion service, not fasting. So yes, we can eat sufficiently. Srila Prabhupada had his program, he established, he didn't say one-time eating, he, uh, even though it is mentioned. But for normal devotees, he didn't establish a program of only meal one time. Did he do that? No, he never did that. Rather, uh, he established where we can have breakfast, we can have lunch, we can have dinner, but sufficiently, isn't it? Not too much. So one can have sufficient prasadam, uh, one doesn't have to be fanatic. At the same time, one has to be very careful. Atyahara prayasascha prajalpa niyamagraha janasangasya cha laulyam cha shadbhir bhaktir vinasyati. Nectar of instruction. This was even among the, even Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj's time, among the Gaudiya devotees, uh, this was a book which has been memorized by all of them. It's just like 11 verses, right? And start from the very basic, go all the way till very advanced. And so, devotees used to memorize all the verses of Nectar of Instruction, Upadeshamrita by Rupa Goswami. 11 verses only. And the second verse, so they can check how things are going. Atyahara. The first thing is mentioned. What is that? Atyahara. Overeating or over collecting. Overeating. Prayasa is over endeavoring. Overeating or over collecting. So when we talk about bhoga, it's not just only eating. In this case, it's talking about eating. But atyahara not just refers to eating, but also refers to over collecting. Why? If there are over collecting means. There is so much of endeavor that is required, prayasa. And then where is the time for spiritual life? No, it is not just that there is no time for the spiritual life. If one has to over-collect, one's heart is in the money, wealth, the possessions. That's what it shows. There is a taste for that. And since there is a taste for that, one is working so hard. More than what is necessary. So we shouldn't think, you know, now I will work so hard that I will minimize my devotional life. Why? Because after 25 years, I want to retire. And so, now I can compromise my devotion service. It doesn't work like that. What happens? One may earn sufficiently for retirement, but there is nothing in the heart. Because renunciation is of the heart. It's not just the external. It's not, okay, I have enough bank balance, now I can only do devotion service. I can retire from other things. You know, it doesn't work like that. 
will be forced one is forced to work because one is cultivating the taste so one has to be very careful hmm? about eating our uh, atul krishna prabhu he was mentioning he was supposed to give the class hmm? morning he called me <laughs> after the puja prabhu said i am feeling exhausted after yesterday's program <laughs> so do something okay <laughs> so he was giving in two days back he gave a very beautiful class and he was mentioning that uh, if we get at if we eat only tasty stuff for example only maha we get attached to that then what happens if we give simple prasadam one cannot have that or oh, one feels you know some defect in this you know this is not good correct the prasadam we classify prasadam that prasadam that, that was very tasty prasadam hmm? that was enough ghee this is not enough ghee hmm? so it's not prasadam anymore previously it was all glories to mahaprasadam glorifying krishna thinking about krishna this prasadam so amazing and now what happened it is the same prasadam but it became simple that's all <laughs> so our we had to watch out our consciousness so one has to be very careful it, we are honoring the prasadam so one thing is if you are hungry if you are very hungry and eat then no problem correct if there is a real hunger then there is no problem what is the what is the real taste real taste is appetite so if we eat regulated then it is okay we are hungry then we can eat anything comes we are very hungry we will eat isn't it if you are very hungry do we check you know what is the now whatever comes we eat and we are satisfied so that is the trick so this actually goes along if we eat regulated then we are hungry next meal we are hungry that is the test if you are not hungry don't eat so if you do that it is good for the health hmm? ayurveda also it is mentioned what is that if if you are not hungry and if you eat it creates ama ama undigested food and then that leads to other problems all the diseases are starting from the stomach hmm? so we see you know we have done that plenty of times eating <laughs> not hungry and eating and then you know digestion is screwed up so one has to be very careful hmm? so as as the years pass we cannot do that right in 20s it is very easy you eat you don't care right eat the full meal next time when you are hungry or not eat again no problem next meal again eat but you know after 40 it becomes a little more difficult <laughs> one is forced to control the senses otherwise one can see the immediate suffering <laughs> so which is good <laughs> it is good remaining you know we can see atyahara atyahara is not good for me i can see that <laughs> so one has to be regulated hmm? earlier the better but at least after some time one should come to a bit of a control you know we need to know what to eat what not to eat what is going to support our devotion service and what is not supporting our devotion service one time uh, i was with my spiritual master in vrindavan and uh, i served him he had his prasadam lunch so that is his main meal so he had his lunch and after that uh, so uh, what are you going to eat so i said uh, guru maharaj i am going to eat the same prasadam what you are eating so is it sufficiently cooked i said yeah that mother has cooked sufficiently so we can also have some so he said okay no problem so i had that prasadam later uh he said okay let's go for a walk so we were walking you know just around that area in vrindavan so he asked so now you ate uh, what i ate okay and you also eat rajbog <laughs> yeah not here over vrindavan also we can eat rajbog here melbourne also we can eat rajbog so what is the difference <laughs> 
Now also he had prasadam, what I ate, because his prasadam is very light, very simple, you know. Probably quinoa, vegetables, there is, there is no cheese, there is no ghee, very, very, very simple prasadam. So you, you have eaten both. So I told Gurudev, I had to tell you that if I eat, you know, a lot of heavy prasadam, then I feel like, you know, somebody is pulling me down. I have to sleep and there is no energy. Then he said, yes, eat what is required to do service. Heavy instruction. I was thinking, oh my God, you know. Immediately we cannot follow. So we had to come to that. It is a reality. We have to actually come to that, you know. Eat sufficiently so that we can do our service. That is the point. Ultimately that is the point. So if you are doing that, then we don't need to deal with obesity. <laughs> right? Otherwise, uh, you know, we had to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So this is the checkpoint, you know, eat sufficiently so we can do our service. So don't eat too much, not too little. Yukta ahara viharascha. Very difficult. It takes time to realize this point and to practice. Easy to hear, but it takes time to get to some control of overeating. Uh, we try. Mm -hmm. So always time is there. Keep trying. Now here, uh, Prabhupada also mentioned, even though this devotee was fat, he was bright-faced. He was jubilant. It's a very important point. Prabhupada especially explains in the purport why devotees are bright-faced, devotees are happy. Why? Why devotees are happy? Any idea? Huh? Because of devotion service, susukham kartum avyam. Krishna himself explains, isn't it? Susukham kartum avyam. So this is, a, this is a point. Many advanced devotees, when we see us, they ask question. Are you happy in Krishna consciousness? Have you heard this question? Are you happy in Krishna consciousness? We think it's a, what kind of question is this, you know? You know, are you happy in Krishna consciousness? It's a very loaded question. If you are happy in Krishna consciousness, it means that you are doing good. <laughs> if, you, if you are not happy in Krishna Consciousness, there are some other problems. Hmm? So it's a very powerful question. Are you happy in Krishna Consciousness? Hmm? So one devotee was telling, he hardly gets any chance to meet a spiritual master. He met personally maybe uh, once or twice in, in, in a span of 25 years, 20 or 25 years. He mentioned, first time Maharaj saw him ask this question, are you happy in Krishna Consciousness? Hmm? Then told him, you do whatever services that you like, that make you happy, you do that. Second time, after a few years, this spiritual master met this disciple, then he asked the same question, are you happy in Krishna Consciousness? Then he said, now you can, you can do whatever is asked for. Meaning, initially, we, everyone wants to do what one likes, right? You know, when we come to, oh, you're good at it, okay, do it. Hmm? But after some time, we should be ready to do anything. <laughs> Whatever is needed, we have to do. We cannot pick and choose. That may not be very beneficial for our Krishna consciousness. So, we know uh, when we join the ashram or, you know, when we are getting trained as a devotee, what happens? We do everything. Whatever we are asked to do, we do it. Hmm? But some person coming along, we say, oh, you're good at it? Okay, just do this. So this is very important. So again, the question remains, you know, are you happy in Krishna Consciousness? So we have to check, am I satisfied in Krishna Consciousness? We may not be in ecstasy. We may know our anarthas in the heart, which is okay. Correct? 
We know our disqualifications. It's good to know our disqualifications, our anarthas. Being humble, that is good. But one has to be satisfied in Krishna consciousness. At least in my capacity, I am doing what I can do. At least there's some satisfaction has to be there. In chanting, we should feel satisfied. At least I am chanting. Whatever level of happiness I am getting, okay, it is there. Of course, I have to do more, but I am doing okay. You know, that happiness has to be there. One shouldn't be completely morose. You know, seeing the face only, we think, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on in life? It's like some devotees chant, and if you see their face, we will be thinking, is it really chant and be happy? Is there anything wrong? Any process anything wrong? You know, struggling like anything, okay? So one has to advance from there, you know, chant and be happy. Feel happy chanting Krishna's names. Be satisfied chanting Krishna's names. It's very important for the devotees. Hmm? Having prasadam, be happy. Associating with the devotees, be happy. Doing any service, be happy. Because while doing service, you can think about Krishna. It's an offering to Krishna. Why do you have to be dissatisfied? What's wrong? No problem. Hmm? So one has to be very careful. Now, that's why a devotee is bright-faced. And here, Prahlad Maharaj being scientific, he wants to analyze the symptoms of a pure devotee, of an advanced devotee. So bhakti is both subjective and objective. Generally, uh, the atheistic argument is bhakti and spirituality, it is a subjective process. You say, it's, work it's working for you, very good. It's good for you, do it. It's not working for you, don't do it. This path is working for you, do it. So even there are psychologists, according to your psychology, we will suggest you which path to choose. Even spiritual path, according to psychology. I have spoken to some of them, they said, yeah, I, I am a psychologist, I study. According to psychology, what meditation you should do? Can you imagine? We say, no, doesn't matter. Even chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, it doesn't mean matter psychology. For any psychology, because we are not psychology first of all. We are beyond. And so it works for everyone. So this is how it is. So people say that it is your experience, that's it. And there is no objective reality to spirituality. But that's not right. Even Bhagavad Gita, even the second chapter, Krishna makes it clear, it's not just subjective, it is objective. Which section of second chapter, Krishna makes it clear that it is an objective reality rather than subjective. Any idea? Second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, I gave you the same, already the, you know. What section of the second chapter? All Bhakti Shastri, Bhakti Vaiva, everyone. Parandrishta Nivartade, not exactly. Part of it. Which section? It makes it very objective. Symptoms. Now I cannot tell anything more than symptoms. Exactly. The symptoms of a transcendent. Siddha prajna ka bhasha samadhita skeshava. Siddhatir kim prapasheta kim asita prajeta kim. Right? What is mentioning? You know, a transcendent, how he walks, how he talks, how he sits. What does it mean? How he controls his senses, even in the presence of temptations, how he reacts. These are the qualities, the symptoms of a spiritualist. And what is the first quality? Prajahadi yada kaman. That is the first quality. What is the first quality? What is the first symptom of a spiritualist? Any idea? That encompasses everything. The first symptom. 
exactly this is, this is so so if you think about it krishna is present in prajahadi sarva kama directly no desire for sense gratification this actually this purport is directing towards the same thing it's amazing isn't it and from there everything else comes so krishna is explaining no desire for sense gratification so sense gratification and spiritual life go ill together in the classic example trying to kindle some fire and then pour a bucket of water what will happen okay it's going to extinguish very easily similarly we are somehow other trying to be devotees you know chanting krishna's name coming to the temple then if we engage in sense gratification what will happen it will spoil so we had to be away from sense gratification that's why there are four regulatory principles now we know what we had to do here also it's mentioned atyahara over collecting over endeavoring over eating we had to be careful so that we can make progress in bhakti first canto also mentioned a transcendentalist shouldn't use one's earning for sense gratification it has to be for liberation the purpose of liberation that's the whole purpose not for sense gratification hmm? otherwise it's a trap it's a trap big trap for all of us even the stages of bhakti showing that bhakti process is objective isn't it very well defined process there are stages of bhakti starting from shraddha sadhu sangha bhajana kriya anartha nivritti nishtha ruchi aasakti bhava right prema see the same these are characteristics well defined these are stages of bhakti this is this is how a neophyte is going to be and this is how the advanced devotee and all in between so we are tra- trying to do bhajana kriya we are we are uh, we can say predominantly we are in the stage of bhajana kriya and anartha nivritti isn't it bhajana kriya we are trying to do devotion service and then what happens even in b- devotion service it is further explained devotion service we are trying to do devotion service there also there are different symptoms different anarthas that we deal with as it is mentioned the first one is mentioned utsahamai what is utsahamai the enthusiasm of a novice of a neophyte you know i i am already i am already advanced devotee i am a devotee no one else is a devotee you know that is a mentality in preaching you know i know everything now i want to preach i am a devotee hmm? a very a lot of enthusiasm then what happens one cannot keep up the enthusiasm have you seen that no, every day mangalarati 32 rounds every day i am advanced devotee and after some time struggle starts so the utsahamai is the big enthusiasm in the beginning and everything goes away after some time so but we had to go through that we have seen that in our own life you know utsahamai preaching right have you done utsahamai preaching i have done utsahamai preaching i came to know when you came to know all these books you know i was like oh amazing this is uh, fascinating and one day uh, i thought i am going to preach to my supervisor i was a student i was doing my research work so today i'll speak preach to my supervisor he was a sri lankan not a, not even a hindu buddhist i'm going to preach to him so i thought first step one i'll take him to crossways so i invited we have vegetarian food you know i have very good you come along so he came after that i took him and uh, there itself i started a little bit of preaching and giving ishopanishad good powerful book so he was not showing so much of interest he was telling something buddhism stuff i didn't understand either and then uh, then i thought okay i am a beginner 
but I want to preach. <laughs> so I saw Nityananda Priya Prabhu. <laughs> Just outside as we were coming out. I said, Prabhu, is my supervisor enough? Prabhu, please. Please preach to him. <laughs> he asked me, is he your supervisor? I said, yes. All your studies, everything dependent on him. Are you going? <laughs> I said, yes. Don't preach. <laughs> okay. I said, okay, okay. <laughs> I didn't understand, but I, I followed what he said. <laughs> Can you understand the point? So this is called Utsahamai. We are already very advanced. We want to preach to everyone. And we can be in big trouble. Hmm? And we have to give high principles. Hmm? All the regulative principles to the core. Hmm? Whoever is coming along, everyone. We want to give the full Bhagavatam in, in, in half an hour. Hmm? It's like, you know, we take them. This is another thing. There used to be devotees, you know, first, anyone comes along, first is that uh, Vaikuntha chart. You remember that, the spiritual world chart. From bottom till top. Hmm? This is Utsahamai, you know, Utsahamai preaching, enthusiastic preaching, you know, which, uh, in which form of Vishnu, Gada and this witch hand, everything, all the details are going. But the person is completely bewildered, you know, what's going on? Isn't it? It takes a lot of time, you know, the chart itself is too much, even for a devotee who is practicing for some time, there's a lot of stuff in there. And now if you give a big lecture on that, it'll be trouble. Hmm? And uh, Utsahamai, and in once on practice as well as in preaching, we can see. Next one is Ghana. Taralata, that is enthusiasm, in a wavering enthusiasm, wavering enthusiasm. Have you seen that? We can see all the time, right? You know, one time we want to do, one time we don't want to do, sincerely. That's why we don't tell, you know, chant if you feel like you chant. If you tell that, then there will be a big problem in our society. If you feel like, no, there is no feeling, we are not asking about any feeling. In the sadhana bhakti, there is no question of feeling. Whether you like it or not, do it. Hmm? So it is mentioned, uh, sadhana is based on bhaya, in one sense, a bit of fear. What will happen if I don't do? Material energy will grab me. Hmm? So either fire, either fear or love, there are two aspects are there. Slowly from fear, one should start liking what we are doing. It will happen, of course, but I am saying that is the beginning. And then uh, the, it's mentioned, Vyudhavikalpa. Vyudhavikalpa is a stage in which this, this can come together or, you know, parallel, doesn't really matter. Uh, one has so many doubts, especially even regarding ashrama, you know, am I situated in this ashram? Do I need to renounce life? Am I situated properly? In bhakti, generally, everyone is situated properly, automatically. Whether one is a grihastha, grihastha is situated properly. No need to change anything. No need to change in sthanaistita, whatever position you are in, just continue. Do devotion service, one can make progress, no problem. Doesn't really matter. Hmm? We heard, recently we all witnessed Pranaprabhu, right? Grihastha, so caring for everyone. You know, back home, back to Godhead. Why? Bhakti. Hmm? Prabhu's lecture also, it is filled with bhakti, right? Filled with bhakti, that's, that's the qualification. So even at the time of leaving this world, chanting Krishna's name, thinking about Krishna. So this is what Sastana is. Everyone is peacefully, be peacefully situated in whichever ashram one is. Just continue, that's all. Do bhakti. Doesn't want to think too much. Immediate vana prastha, immediate nothing is required. Just continue. That's enough. And then the, the interesting thing is that, which is very important, that is the tug of war within the mind. Especially, 
Have you observed tug of war? Vishaya Sangharak, tug of war. Feel like, you know, the, the unwanted things are coming to your mind and we are trying to push them away. We are being, you know, tug of war, pulling from each direction. It can happen internally and it can happen in presence of sense gratification. Go through somewhere, we see something nice to eat. I feel like eating. We know it's not prasadam. Feel like eating. Can you see tug of war in the mind? Almost, you know. I know that I shouldn't watch in a movie, but I want to, you know, I feel like watching the movie. Tug of war. So it is good to have such tug of war. If we identify, yes, there is a war going on which is very good. Then we can pray to the Lord. We can safeguard ourselves. If, alone if we are weak and if mind is going like this, just go and speak to some devotees. Not necessarily even speak to the same problem. Speak something to some devotees. Anything about Krishna, it will help. Alone we may not be able to survive. Go to some devotees, speak about Krishna. Then our mind changes. So we had to go through this. Hmm? And then there is another stage also that is Niyamakshama. Niyamakshama here is particularly uh, referring to, you know, one cannot uh, properly do, one can want to do things properly, one cannot do it. Hmm? So the Niyamakshama specifically in this regard, you know, one wants to chant properly what one cannot because of the material conditioning. So one has to push through it. So these are different symptoms since we have anarthas or unwanted things in our heart. Which is okay. And it is mentioned even if one goes through everything and one is almost pure, in the, in, meaning pure in the sense, in the stage of nishta, in the stage of steady, even almost there, not yet there, then also there is a problem. That is, one is quite controlled and everything is okay. Still, there is something known as tarangarangani, meaning devotees show respect. Devotees can treat very specially, you are a special person, then one can attach to that. Say for example, here everyone is telling, Haribol, how are you? Oh, you come here giving some recognition. You go to somewhere else, they don't know you. Then we feel, you know, oh, what happened to me? You know, I'm sitting behind, nobody is looking at me. So, if one is attached, one can feel like that. Can you see this Tarangarangani? Even that is also an obstacle to come to the stage of steadiness. So, one has to be very careful. So, Bhakti is very scientific, very objective. That's why different stages are described. Even a given stage, different symptoms are given. And so here, Prahlad Maharaj is being very objective in understanding symptoms of a pure devotee. And so, he now inquires from this Python man who is performing Ajagragavirti and asking, why are you so fat? You are not working, you are just lying down at one spot, just like a Ajagara, just like a python, python you know, right? Just lying there. Whatever comes in the own way, eats and just lie there. That's it. So, why are you so fat now? And I can understand that you are very advanced. Seeing the physiognomy of this python man, Prahlad Maharaj could understand that he is a very advanced person. So, that's fine. Then, don't consider this impudent question. Please explain. So we can see that this Brahmana, he starts explaining what is he going through and he explains amazing philosophy that those are the verses to come. So I stop here and see if there are any questions or any comments. Yes Prabhu, is there a microphone so that our online speakers can listen? Uh, 
हरे कृष्ण प्रभु हरे कृष्ण वंडरफुल क्लास प्रभु थैंक यू सो मच धन्यवाद प्रणाम जस्ट अ क्वेश्चन अबाउट द फोर संप्रदाय फोर संप्रदाय टॉकिंग अबाउट सो वेन वी गो टू डिफरेंट प्लेसेस इन इंडिया स्पेसिफिकली लाइक Shrirangam or probably uh, southern part of India there are so many other temples where it's predominantly Shri Vaishnavites. Yes. So uh, there are so many Acharyas there we tend to speak with them, we tend to take classes with them. I mean, uh, so uh, is is that good to have because uh, you know they, they also speak about Krishna, Krishna Kathas and the pastimes of the Bhagavatas there. So uh, just wondering if uh, even that is considered as devotion right like devotional service we are not saying no one else has devotion or anything of that sort we are telling how to protect our devotion so to protect our devotion first we had to be quite fixed in the teachings of shila prabhupad why teachings of shila prabhupad is coming from the goswamis and the goswamis teachings are coming from Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is Krishna himself in the mood of Srimati Radharani. So, Prabhupada has given the highest teaching hmm, to go back home, back to God, in a specific mood in Goloka Vrindavan. So, now there are other sampradayas, they are bona fide. We know the four sampradayas, they are bona fide. They are worshipping Krishna, Vishnu, Ram, all bona fide. We are not saying nothing is not bona fide or anything of that sort, but we have to be very careful when we are associating with anyone else. Careful. We, can, we do listen from others. One, but that cannot be the predominant teaching that we are taking. That cannot be our primary shiksha. If we want to follow Prabhupada, then Prabhupada and his followers have to be our primary shiksha. Other sampradayas cannot be our primary shiksha. So, if we go to a place, Nacharya speaking, we may hear, that's fine. We move on, but one has to be quite careful that that's not our primary shiksha. So, uh, when we listen to lectures also, we have to be selective. Our predominantly, we have to take instruction from Srila Prabhupada and his followers, not from other sampradayas. Because bhakti is very fine. Bhakti has a particular flavor and mood. And uh, Srila Prabhupada and devotees, they are actually carrying that mood and they are giving that particular mood. And we need to imbibe the mood and mission of Srila Prabhupada. That is the need of any follower of ISKCON. So it's not just namesake. We need to understand the mood and mission. Both are very important. And that's why it is very important to taking Shiksha within ISKCON for us. For others, yes, they have their path, we don't have any problem with that. But we had to be quite careful. Because the bhakti is so very fine, very refined. And also this worship is in a particular mode. Generally when we talk, everything is bhakti. Not everything, if it is coming from the proper source, it is bhakti. But as one advances, one will be able to see that it is more refined and there is a particular mood in it. And we want to align towards that. And that's why we are very careful, that's all. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
So just for confusion, like, so why did he create different kinds of sampradayas or different kinds of religions? When, uh, why not only Krishna consciousness all over, like only one sampradaya, so that there is no confusion? Mm. Oh, so the question is, why Krishna created different sampradayas? Eh? Different religions. Specifically, even sampradayas, we can specifically speak about different sampradayas because that is the topic of discussion. Different sampradayas are there because different devotees want to worship the Lord in different mood, in different ways. So the Lord is reciprocating to different devotees. That's why there are different forms of the Lord also. Krishna, then the question is why only Krishna? Only Krishna is enough, why there is Lord Ram? Why there is Narasimha Dev, there is Vamana, Matsya, Kurma, Narasimha, Vamana, Hayagriva, you know why? All these different incarnations. Because the Lord Himself wants to enjoy in different ways and He also enjoy and He also wants to facilitate the moods of different devotees. The Supreme Lord, He can do everything. So He has unlimited expansions and through that He can facilitate the desire of different devotees. Can you see? So it's not like, you know, either one or nothing else. No, it's not like that. So they are all speaking about bhakti. So when it is pure bhakti, even other traditions, even other religions, if they are talking about pure bhakti, we accept, yes, this is pure bhakti. Hmm? Make sense? So it is to reciprocate to different devotees. Why? Because we are all individuals. It's our choice. There is no force. <laughs> Whichever way we want to worship, we can worship. So there are different teachings in this world. So, do they go to a different planet like we? Yeah, it, it, <laughs> what, whatever you desire, that you get. And whatever you desire, and you have to pay for that also. Nothing is free. Hmm? Just believe. No, nothing will happen. <laughs> oh, it's a good start, but that's not the end. So, one has to be very careful about it. Hmm? So, that's why there are different lokas. Hmm? Even starting from the material world, Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita because we have to be very careful. Yanti Deva Vardhan Yanti. Pitrun yanti pitruvardhan, bhutani yanti bhutejya, yanti madhyajinopimam. Makes it very clear. So, not just everyone is not going to go to the spiritual world. Devan devejo yanti, one who is worshipping the different devatas, Indra, Chandra, Varana, Vayu, Brahma, you go to their world. They are in the material world, it's higher than here, but you go to material planet within this universe. Pitrun yanti pitruvardhan. One who worship Pitras, they go to the Pitraloka, which is down. It's, it's also heavenly, bottom of the universe. Hmm? It's also heavenly, so Pitraloka. Bhutani Yanti Bhutejya. One who worship Bhuta goes, they go to their Loka. And Yanti Madhya Jinovimam. One who worship me, you come to my abode, spiritual abode. So, even according to the attraction to different incarnation, one goes to that respective planet, even in the spiritual world. Because it's all about devotion, it's about the mood of that bhakti, the rasa. So it's not that everyone goes to Golaga Vrindavan, no. Spiritual world is very much uh, variegated. There are so many varieties, there are so many planets. You know, even in the spiritual world, even in the material world there are so many planets. And what to speak about the spiritual world? Hmm? It's like the Tripada Vibhuti, right? In the three, three part, that is the spiritual world in that sense. Okay. Thank you, Bro. Thank you, Hare Krishna. Yes. Come to that. I was thinking about the the 
condition of different states, uh, different religions, this is because... Can, can you give that microphone to Madhuri, please? I was thinking also uh, why we have different religions is because the people, um, the persons are under the influence of different mm. varieties of the gunas mm. and they cannot follow the Sanatana Dharma principles. That's why there are so many different um, religions with the, their rules and regulations which they help eventually mm. through many lifetimes elevate them to the principles of Sanatan Dharma because no one, uh, not everyone can follow uh, our rules and regulations, you know, the spiritual rules of uh, regulations of the freedom because when we do, uh, not everyone can give up sense gratification, not everyone can give up meat eating, not everyone can give up um, um, many rules we have like no intoxication. So these different religions are uh, set up with the different rules what the, this particular type of person can follow so gradually through many lifetimes can elevate them and they ha there is no um, there is no compromise that that um, with these principles because sense gratification is like a switch here if you uh, sense gratification is with these senses when we, we get in touch with the material objects, we get attached to the material nature. When, when, and this is like turning off the light. When we stop sense gratification, we, and we engage in spiritual activities, we switch on the, this. It's simple as that. Because the senses are attaching us to the material life and to the material nature, and this is purely scientific. And it will attach us to to that mode of material nature depending of what kind of sense objects we are enjoying. For example, if we enjoy the sense objects in the mode of ignorance, we will get attached to the mode of ignorance and we will experience the effects of mode of ignorance. For example, someone who eats meat, who takes drugs, alcohol, that's all in mode of ignorance, will get attached in mode of ignorance and effect of mode of ignorance is sickness, uh, and etc etc so different religions are just basically to help people elevate them from where they are and on their going uh, take them to the path to sanatan dharma thank you a question and approve Hare Krishna, thank you. Two quick points, Prabhupada. One, Utsamai, uh, Utsamai preaching. Generally, we do that to parents when yeah, we come yeah. to the temple yeah, here 100%. and then go back. You know, I am not this body, I am not this. You are. No one is anyone's father, no one is anyone's son. That's it. <laughs> which father, which mother, <laughs> which lifetime? Then there will be a problem. <laughs> uh, big problem. Uh, one uh, question, question. You mentioned so many Prabhupada's books. Uh, nectar yeah. of Devotion, Nectar of Instruction, Bhagavatam, yes. Chaitanya Charitamrita, Lagu Bhagavatamrita, yes. Brihad Bhagavatamrita. For a person who is not academic like yeah. me, and I know that we will never be able to study those books, in at least in this lifetime. Does that mean that we have no hope, you know, perfection? No, you, you can, everyone can read Prabhupada's books, right? N not all of them, or not this vast knowledge what is present. No. Everyone can read Prabhupada's books. 
No excuse. <laughs> no excuse. Everyone can read Prabhupada's books. Prabhupada wanted everyone to read. Just read it. Now I'm saying, at least we don't need to ask for others. Generally speaking, devotees can read. I have seen older people, you know, they started reading after 70, you know, they wanted to start reading from, not from uh, English, so they have native language book, read the whole Bhagavatam. So some motivation has to be there. Then it's possible. The devotee should all aim to read all Prabhupada's books. Yeah? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we conclude. Oh, one more. Okay, one more last question. Alexander Bose. Yeah. But you spoke about uh, when we visit the dhams. Yeah. How we should not stay there for longer. Our natural consciousness can come in. Initially, the enthusiasm and all that can wane when yes. instincts can take up. But normally, when we do visit many dhams, uh, as a family, let's say, how one should plan their trip so that it doesn't become a religious tourism, like you said. We see so much that before you go, you get tangled into the, all those activities of uh, eating, taking children yeah. out, even the various temples, so many visitors, because you, you're so tired and exhausted and all that, you get That's okay. Carried the away. main thing is, uh, let it be centered around hearing and chanting. Being, you know, think about going to the dham and there's no proper hearing and chanting. Even struggling to chant 16 rounds, think about that. Are we really doing any justification to visiting Dham? Not really. So, uh, we should increase our hearing and chanting. And if we have sufficient hearing and chanting, then everything will be taken care of. Hmm? So, it's fine, you know, going with family, we, we may go to Prasadam restaurants, we may eat, this is all, all fine. We go to different temples, but again, don't, again, the problem is sometimes we want to do just like a tourist, you know going to all the temples one day, cover as many temples as possible and take photos. You know, so that will not work. So, wherever you are going, try to get absorbed. How? Again, by hearing and chanting. You chant, if nobody is there, you just chant. Sit and chant there, pray. Very simple. It's not complicated at all. So whichever temple you can cover, cover, but spend sufficient time. Uh, there, devotees can make, make into tourism just covering, you know, today, as many temples as possible today. And there is no time to absorb. So try to absorb, that's all. And if that is there, it's all good. Well, I've got one more question, if you allow me. Yeah. While I have you. We hear a lot about uh, sincerity aspect of uh, in devotion or in devotion service. Mm. One is that uh, we talk about our individual natures are there. And different anarthas are there, we all understand we are trying to overcome our anarthas. There are challenges, successes, failures and all that. But we talk a lot about sincerity in practice. So what is, can you, I don't want to give a lecture myself on what do I understand. Can you say something about uh, what does sincerity actually means? When, when we're dealing with uh, trying to improve ourselves, our devotional, like a sadhana, is it like a just by driving our intelligence, uh, like uh, engaging ourselves more and more? But how does a, what does sincerity means? Very simple answer to this in regard to sadhana. Are we actually trying to improve? 
are we trying, uh, do we really have the desire to improve? Are we doing something about it? We can be quite objective again. Yes. I just check, you know, I'm chanting, six, first, I'm a chanting 16 rounds, first question. Yes, tick. Very simple. Next, of the 16 rounds, how many rounds am I able to listen? Or, you know, we, we naturally we feel right. After 16 rounds, we can almost judge, you know, okay, it's a few rounds it was okay, after that it wasn't okay, right? Are we putting effort to make some improvement? That is a sincere attempt. <laughs> to an example, that is a sincere attempt. Okay, we are identifying what we are doing and trying to go to the next step. So in any aspect of devotion service, we are doing this, try to go to the next step. But Prabhupada 